Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Talks in Class. We are back. First episode back after my little hiatus, my little summer vacay. I am so excited to be back and chatting with you guys. It feels like it's been so long. I hope you've all had a really wonderful couple of months. I've been on this little break since July, so it has been a while. It's been two months and it's been nice. I took a little bit of time to just slow down, enjoy the summer and just do a little less, which I feel like I kind of needed and it really did help so much. I just feel refreshed now, which is such a great feeling, especially going into the fall. I always feel like it's a transition time and like time to get your life back together. You know what I mean? And I feel like Anybody who works in any sort of creative field might understand this, but whenever I get into a creative rut, especially, or when I feel like things just aren't really flowing very well, it's almost always the case that I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed and a little stretched thin. So slowing down and just giving myself that extra breathing room and extra downtime really did help and like I said, I feel I feel refreshed and excited to get back into the swing of things now. I also went to visit my mom for a couple of weeks over the summer, uh, two full weeks in Wisconsin, which was fun. You know, it was nice. I saw some friends, I hung out, I dug through my old stuff in the time capsule bedroom as usual for anybody who has been around for a while. You guys know all about that. And I got to say, I managed to make it through two full weeks in Wisconsin without a single hometown hangover, which is truly a miracle because let me tell you, there is no hangover quite like the hangover that you get from going out with your hometown friends. I don't know what happens, what sort of sorcery happens in those small town hometown bars, but they always, <laughs> always get me. I saw Barbie. I didn't see Oppenheimer, so I didn't get the whole Barbenheimer experience, but I did see Barbie and I absolutely loved it. I loved the movie, but I also really loved just the whole pop culture buzz around Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I loved seeing people excited about that, you know, dressing up to go to the movies, doing double features, seeing both movies in the same day. It felt kind of like a glimpse back into a monoculture, which I, I think I miss that more and more every single day. <laughs> every time that I spend 45 minutes plus scrolling through, you know, five different streaming platforms just to try to find a single thing that I want to watch out of the thousands of options. I miss the monoculture days just a little bit more. And then I also spent some time getting ahead on just work things, including this podcast. As I promised before I went on the break, I, I did do some work on that. So if you are someone who watches on video, whether that's on YouTube or on Spotify video, you will notice that these intros now are not recorded on the same day as the actual episodes. You'll see that I'm in a different outfit. So video watchers will be able to see that. And that's just because I've recorded some episodes in advance, but I wanna keep the intros more real time so that we can chat about pop culture and things that are going on that's happening now. Which brings me to my what good happened, which is my favorite way to start my day every day and how I always start this podcast. So this week, my what good happened is I bought myself an Alexander McQueen skull scarf secondhand on eBay. You guys remember those. They were the super popular uh, scarves with celebrities in the late 2000s and early 2010s. They were so, I mean, they were everywhere, but all of my favorite 
fashion icon celebrities in that time wore them like Rachel Bilson, Nicole Richie, the Olsen twin, just like everybody had this scarf. I never had one because they were very expensive. I did have a couple fakes. And recently I've just been feeling this shift coming in fashion and, and just the trends shifting, or at least I feel like my tastes are really shifting. I'm, I'm really finding myself drawn to different types of things. I'm wanting to wear different things. And I just feel like this scarf would go so well with a lot of the looks that I'm envisioning for this coming fall. So I found a beautiful one secondhand on eBay and I love it, you guys. I, I can't wait to wear it. Speaking of fall fashion and shopping, this week's topic really felt like just the perfect thing to talk about for our first episode back after my little summer break. We are taking it back to my school days when shopping for Lisa Frank notebooks and gel pens and picking out the perfect first day outfit consumed my mind during this time of year. So we're gonna talk about all things back to school in the 90s and 2000s. Speaking of back to school and the transition to fall, I want to shout out my clothing rental service, the Jenna Barclay Style Box, because rental is a great way to add variety into your wardrobe, try new styles, and just kind of mix things up for a new season. If you're not familiar, the Style Box offers kind of everyday clothing items and some event styles, but it ranges from cute sweats to jeans to dresses and also plenty of office appropriate outfits for my in office friends. You can choose from a variety of different plans, so you can choose which one works best for you, but there are no limits to how long that you can keep each item, and there are also no limits to swapping, so you can swap items as often as you like. And your first month is always free. So if you haven't tried it yet, this is a great time to do it. Give it a try. See how it works for you. I absolutely love the opportunity to try new styles that I wouldn't necessarily commit to buying. And also just having that variety available to me without having to take up a ton of space in my closet because we do live in a pretty small apartment. So to try it out for free, just head to jennabarclaystylebox.com and click get started. That first month free will automatically be applied. So I don't know about all of you, but back to school time always felt like such a significant moment when I was growing up. It was like a new beginning, the start of a new school year, but also kind of a new chapter in my life. One thing that I really find interesting when looking back on memories of childhood and teen years is how the school years are so significant in the way that I situate my memories within time rather than the calendar year, I mean. So instead of thinking about something as, you know, that happened in 2001, my first thought where my brain automatically goes is that happened in eighth grade or that happened freshman year of high school because for me, 2001 was the end of my eighth grade year and the beginning of my ninth grade year. But those two school years, you know, eighth grade and ninth grade feel like a world of difference to me, especially now looking back, it's it's hard to believe even that those two experiences, like the experience of going to my last middle school dance wearing a hibiscus print dress and seeing all of the little eighth grade boys running around in American Eagle visors worn backwards and the experience of 9-11 and seeing that plastered on the news 
in the, you know, history classroom of my high school were the same calendar year. Those two things technically happened within the same year. But that transition from eighth to ninth grade, middle school to high school was so significant. It feels like a different world. And the beginning of the school year really had that power. It was new year, new me, except for, you know, instead of it happening on January 1st for the actual new year, it happened at the end of August or the beginning of September or whenever we went back to school. That was the real new year, new me for me as a kid and a teenager. And although I can't say that I ever really loved school, I didn't dislike school necessarily, but I definitely looked forward to summer and I always did feel a little bit of disappointment when summer came to an end, but I still felt so much excitement around the beginning of school, that back to school time, the excitement of going into a new school year, just getting to see everyone again, see who had a glow up over the summer, you know, because some kid always came back looking like a totally new person to see what cool new back to school clothes all of my friends had, who had the coolest school supplies, you know, whose gel pens I was going to borrow, to see who was in my class or later doing things like decorating my locker. It was all so fun and it just felt so exciting after kind of three months of, you know, not doing a whole lot as a kid in the summer vacation. And when I was young, I remember summer felt like it lasted forever. I don't know if anybody else remembers feeling this way, but those three months were an eternity. I mean, it felt like it lasted so long. I remember someone once told me that time feels like it passes more quickly as you get older because those chunks of time are smaller portions of your life, like relative to your age. So when you're 10 years old, one year is literally one-tenth of your lifetime. That's a significant portion of your lifetime. But when you're 35, you know, a year is just like a blip. It feels a lot less significant. And I don't know if that's true, but that's definitely how it felt. I definitely feel now like time passes by so much faster. But when I was a kid, I mean, summer break may as well have been a year long when I was in elementary school. And I talked about this in the summer vacation episode. So much could happen over a summer vacation. (laughs) So much could change. And even though I spent my summer vacations hanging out with my friends, back to school time meant seeing everyone again all together not just those friends that I hung out with over the summer and, you know, like made a point to see and spend time with. Now, I feel like back to school starts right after the 4th of July, maybe before, honestly. I mean, as soon as all of the July 4th stuff goes on clearance, which may even be before the 4th of July now, I'm not even sure, all the stores start putting out all the back to school stuff. But in my day, back in the dark ages of the, you know, 90s or maybe early 2000s, we weren't on such an expedited retail schedule. Like, we waited until... I don't know, mid-September to start putting Halloween things out. We definitely waited until after Thanksgiving to start thinking about Christmas, but that's just not how it is anymore. When I was a kid, back to school really started in August. We didn't start thinking about it until August. And school itself for my town, my district, started late in August. I think at one point, maybe it was when I was in elementary school, my district made a rule that school had to start after Labor Day. There was no like mid-August first day of school. 
So our preparation for back to school would start around mid-August. We would be in full summer mode until about August 15th, and then we would start this very important process of getting ready for the new school year. And it was very important, okay? This was like the highlight of my school year life. First of all, of course, we had to shop for school supplies. I still remember when I was in elementary school, I don't know if all schools did this, but our school would send out a paper supply list and it would have each grade. So it'd be like first grade needs this, second grade needs this, right? And I'm not sure how we got these because this was the 90s and you know we didn't have like email. They probably mailed them to us, like mailed them to our houses in the USPS, <laughs> the actual mail in the mailbox. But however we got them, we would take the blurry, poorly photocopied list to the school supply section of Walmart or Kmart or ShopCo or whatever, and we would buy our school supplies. First, of course, there were the essential school supplies. There was, you know, notebooks, pencils, erasers, maybe crayons and a glue stick in the younger grades for some sort of arts and crafts focused projects. In elementary school, though, the highlight of school supply shopping for me was picking out novelty notebooks and folders. This was very important to me. I had to have the coolest folders available in the little back to school corner at <laughs> the local Walmart. The elite folder slash notebook brand, of course, was Lisa Frank, okay? We all know this. Any 90s child knows that if you had a backpack full of Lisa Frank folders with matching notebooks walking into the first day of third grade, you were freaking royalty. You already won the school year if you walked in with Lisa Frank, especially if you had the matching sets. That was always way too fancy for me. And I remember back then, they were expensive, the Lisa Frank ones, at least compared to the plain ones that everybody's parents wanted to buy them. And I've also always been kind of a weirdo about my stuff. Like certain things I was always just very precious about and I still kind of am. So I got Lisa Frank notebooks but I didn't want to use them for school, so I would only get like one or two and I would save them to use to write notes to my friends in my glittery gel pens or to use as journals maybe. They were too important to use for a social studies class, so I would use them for another important purpose. But I would get novelty folders, Lisa Frank or maybe a Nickelodeon character or like I really liked Garfield the cat as a kid, so I remember I had a Garfield folder. Or there was those other folders and notebooks that had that really elaborate ocean and kind of space scene on them. I think the artist, it's Christian Lassen. I had to look this up. Please Google Christian Lassen, L-A-S-S-E-N. If you are a child of the 90s, if you went to elementary school in the mid to late 90s, these are going to unlock some memories. They are the most amazing ocean prints that's like dolphins and whales, but then there's space <laughs> above the water. You will know them instantly when you see them. I loved all of these as a kid. I remember when we got to middle school, they required us to get color coordinated folders and notebooks for each subject. This has been a hot debate amongst millennials on social media that I've seen, by the way. But for us, I'm pretty sure Red was math. There was a color for each subject. I think red was math. I'm pretty sure green was science. 
I want to say purple was social studies and blue was English. And then I think yellow was health. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident on the math and the science were red and green. But anyway, we all, the entire school, had to use those colors of notebooks and folders for those classes. I guess they didn't trust us to actually bring the correct things to each class because middle school was the first time that we went from classroom to classroom. <laughs> and had to go to our locker room between and get our stuff. So they really had to dumb it down for us and say, you know, if everybody has a red folder in your classroom and you have a green one, then you need to go back to your locker and get the right one, right? They had to really make it easy for us. But I remember being just devastatedly disappointed, so bummed out that I could not get cool notebooks and folders, especially going into middle school. For some reason, I felt like middle school was gonna be when I became cool. Little did I know, it's physically impossible to be cool in middle school. And that was certainly the case for me. But I really wanted to show up with some fun, cool novelty folders and notebooks. And that dream was just shattered. And because this was Y2K, by the way, literally the year 2000 when I went to middle school, there were some super cool like metallic notebooks and folders. And I was just really disappointed that I couldn't buy them. <laughs> Although we did get the coolest most Y2K school supply possibly ever made when I was in middle school. And that is the holographic cover standard issue day planner that apparently every middle school student in the entire United States of America got between 1999 and 2001. You guys remember these. I know that there's a good portion of you who had this exact same planner because I've seen people talk about this on social media. It had this thick plastic cover that was a hologram. So if you looked at it differently, it would switch between the two calendar years of the school year. So the graphic on the front would switch between 2000 and 2001, depending on how you looked at it from a different angle. And we would all pretend to be little DJs like scratching on the hologram cover. Or if you had a protractor, we would take the point of the protractor and scratch at it. I'm sure they were so annoying to teachers. And also I just have to say, if you broke those covers, they were really hard plastic. That plastic was so sharp. It would split in half. I mean, you could injure somebody with a chunk of <laughs> the plastic from those planner covers. And obviously I still have mine. That should come to no surprise to anybody. I have my eighth grade year one. And I also, for some reason, have my friend Danny's eighth grade year planner. They are almost entirely full of notes just written back and forth between my friends and I. There are a couple of assignments written in there here and there. It's just like math pages that we had to do. Mostly it's just notes. So I guess their plan to keep us organized didn't really work out. But then aside from all the basic school supplies, we also had all the fun school supplies that every 90s kid wanted but weren't on the list. First of all, gel pens especially metallic ones. These were very, very important. And I had every variation under the sun. We weren't allowed to use pens at all when I was in elementary school and I think middle school as well. So these were solely for the purpose of writing notes to our friends and maybe writing our assignments in our planners when we use them on occasion in middle school. Yikes pencils. Do you guys remember these? These were really cool, funky pencils that I can best describe as looking like a Nickelodeon ad in a pencil format. They would have stripes and spikes and a funky eraser and all sorts of different colors. These were expensive also, as I remember, but I also remember, I think maybe it was the lead 
was different. We weren't allowed to use them on certain assignments. So these were very much a novelty and not a lot of kids that I knew had them. So if you did have them, you were very cool, at least for a couple days. Then there were trapper keepers, which were actually not allowed in my elementary school because they took up too much space in our little desks. I think that was the reasoning. We had those desks where the top of the desk would open and then you would put all of your school supplies inside the desk and they were too bulky, which I'm really kind of bummed about that because the trapper keepers were really cool. I'm sad that I missed out on that. I feel like there were so many cool ones and I was just unaware of them, but now I see pictures of them online as an adult and I'm like, man, we really missed out. Then you also needed some art supplies, a glue stick, if you were really lucky, maybe a fancy crayon box with the sharpener built into it. Those also took up a lot of space in the desk, so I don't remember really having those. My thing was markers. I loved markers. The scented ones were my favorite, especially in elementary school. I can literally still smell the orange one and the grape one. They smelled so freaking good, and they were really strong i mean you could smell those markers if someone took the cap off like across the room and then there were those stamp markers where it was just a regular marker but the front of it was flat and it would have a stamp with a little shape and there was like a little lip one i really liked those for my notes to my friends as well we really loved scented stuff in the 90s didn't we we loved the scented markers we had scented erasers for our pencils there were probably scented crayons i remember there were scented accessories you could buy from delia's catalogs and things like that like scented scrunchies just a very <laughs> weird thing to have scented school supplies and accessories but aside from the school supplies, the most exciting part of back to school shopping, at least for me as a kid in the late 90s and a teen in the early 2000s, was back to school clothes shopping, obviously. You guys have probably realized by now that I was obsessed with clothes growing up. And I think this started for me in the late 90s, probably around like 1998. That was probably when I started just making more choices about my own clothing. So getting to pick out my new clothes that I would wear to make my big entrance after the eternity that was summer break was a huge deal to me. You know, this was like crafting your identity for the new school year. Who were you going to be in sixth grade? That's what your back to school wardrobe was going to communicate to everybody. I personally felt like I was on America's Next Top Model when I walked into sixth grade wearing a baby t-shirt that was cloud printed with angel written across it on the front with my mud flare jeans and my huge chunky knockoff Doc Martin sandals that I bought at Payless, probably with some sort of weird printed socks with them. That was a big phase that we went through where we wore printed socks with sandals. <laughs> and this is the identity that I chose to communicate with my sixth grade class. When I was younger, like early elementary school, mid elementary school, we stuck to bargain department stores, you know, like Kmart, Shopco, maybe JCPenney. That's where we were back to school shopping. I wore a lot of, I don't know, like Lee pipes, jeans and shirts that were one size at least too big for me with a single stripe across the front. That was kind of, you know, my vibe. Very, very 90s. It wasn't a reflection of my personality, the way that my later 90s outfits really were. Once I got to later elementary school and middle school, sixth, seventh grade, for some reason, I became obsessed with Kohl's. <laughs> and when I say obsessed with Kohl's, I genuinely mean that that is where I wanted to buy all of my clothes. I Not a hint of irony, like that was my favorite store. I don't know. I guess Kohl's really had great tween 
clothing and they had a lot of the trendy stuff that my friends were wearing and that I was seeing in magazines and it was cheap you know between the coupons and the Kohl's cash and the regular sales I could get away with getting a few more items at Kohl's than I could elsewhere but they had LEI they had mud they had those little black capri pants with the slit in the bottom that were really really popular for like five minutes in 1999 and I don't remember ever actually being able to order stuff from clothing catalogs like Delia's or Alloy or Girlfriends LA, but I got all of them. And I would look at all of them cover to cover. I mean, I would study them and I would circle every single item that I wanted with my little glittery gel pen. And then I would go to Kohl's or maybe Deb at the mall or JCPenney and I would try to find similar items. And I mean, you could, honestly, it was just all kind of cheap-ish tween fashion. I feel like Y2K was a golden age for tween fashion, honestly. It was just made for tweens, that style aesthetic. I swear, I owned more hibiscus print than Trader Joe himself in the year 2000, and it all came from Kohl's. But once I got to high school, we started going bigger for back-to-school shopping. We would get up early one day in August, probably, and drive the two and a half hours from our small town in Wisconsin to the cities, which is what upper Midwesterners call the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area in Minnesota. And we would go to the Mall of America. That was our big mall trip. I lived in a, a tiny rural town. Our local mall the closest mall was already 20 minutes or so away, but it didn't have a lot of the trendy 2000 stores like Abercrombie and Fitch, Hollister, BB. We didn't have a body shop, Art and B, Guest, things like that. We didn't have any of that. So twice a year, back to school and then holiday time, we would do a shopping trip to the Mall of America. And this was a huge deal. It was like a vacation. Usually we would go with one of my mom's friends and her daughters who I grew up with and was really close friends with, or my mom and I would go and we would bring another one of my friends. I mean, it was, it was an activity for us to keep us busy. Like I said, a vacation as much as it was a shopping trip. So the Mall of America is massive. We would be there all day walking around. And after I begged my mom for a very overpriced pair of jeans at Abercrombie and Fitch and eaten a nice greasy slice of reheated Sbarro pizza at the food court, we would drive home. We'd put on a little fashion show with our parents for all of our new stuff that we got at the Mall of America. We'd maybe cut out an Abercrombie shopping bag and paste it on our wall. Or maybe we would save the Abercrombie shopping bag to cover a textbook because that was very important to do. And then you would pick out your first day of school outfit because again, that was important. I remember one year, I think it was junior year of high school. So fall 2003, I had this picture of my ideal first day outfit in my mind. I still remember because I had built up this outfit as like, this is the outfit. This is going to solidify my entire identity for this school year. And this is the outfit that I want to wear on the first day of school. I wanted to wear low rise flare dirty wash jeans with my chunky brown heeled loafers from American Eagle and probably a chunky brown leather belt. And I had gotten this tan corduroy blazer, you guys. I think it might have even had like a flower pin on it, but it was a tan corduroy blazer. I think it was also from American Eagle. I wanted to wear that on the first day of school. Mind you, it was August and my high school did not have air conditioning. It was probably 95 degrees and like 90% humidity. And this is what I wanted to wear. And under the blazer, the corduroy blazer, 
I wanted to wear this kind of blush color, dusty rose sort of colored wrap style sleeveless shirt that I wore layered over a maroon lace cami. It was kind of this crepey, almost ruched fabric and it had velvet trim along <laughs> the neckline and a velvet tie because it was a wrap style. So the tie was velvet. Oh my God, what a look, you guys. I'm sure I had accessories picked out for it down to a purse that was not a backpack. <laughs> but you know, I'm pretty sure I ended up just wearing plastic flip-flops and probably just a tank top because it was so hot. Like I could not have worn that outfit, but the intentions were there. They were there. I should look to see if I have a first day of school pick. I doubt it. I was probably too old by then, but I do have a lot of first day of school pictures from when I was younger, uh, from elementary school and from middle school. And my outfits were always so funny. You can tell that I really pulled out my best looks for the first day of school. I think it was probably first grade. I had this little plaid what's it called, like a pinafore dress, like an overall dress, very 90s with a little white t-shirt underneath it that had some sort of little graphic on the front. And I was really into headbands. So I had this gold headband that I wore on the first day of school with the little plaid dress. And then for some reason, I decided that I wanted to wear several of my grandmother's big, chunky, plastic beaded necklaces, you know, kind of like the ones that we ended up wearing unironically as fashion around 2008-2009 and my mom tells this story still she made me take off almost all of them I think I got away with wearing maybe one or two but I I, I wore that to school <laughs> on the first day of school and there's photographic evidence of it but you know what I probably walked in to elementary school in that outfit with full confidence thinking that I looked amazing <laughs> And you had to pull out your best looks for the first day of school because the first day of school was the most exciting day of the year, except for maybe the last day of school. In elementary school, those early days, the excitement was always seeing who was in your class and who you were going to sit by. This was really important because it would kind of determine who your friends were going to be for the year. My town was super tiny. So we had two classrooms per grade. So if you were in, you know, third grade, you were either in classroom A or classroom B. So everybody in your in your class was divided between those two classrooms with two different teachers. And I cannot tell you the absolute just devastation to find out that your best friends weren't in the same class with you because you were basically separated from them for an entire school year. We did everything with the kids in our classroom. If your friends weren't in your class, you would have to wait until lunchtime or recess. And that was the only time that you saw them. Or if the cute boy that you had a crush on wasn't in your class. I mean, that was truly tragic, honestly, because then your only chance to talk to him was either at recess or at an awkward school dance, or you would have to build up the courage to send him an instant message on AOL. And that was probably not happening. So you'd have to wait till the next school year. And that was tragic. In middle school and high school, we mingled a lot more with other kids besides the kids in our classes. So my hometown is so tiny that our middle school and high school are made up of three neighboring towns put together. So each town has its own elementary school. But then in middle school, starting in middle school, the three towns come together and then that's your class throughout the rest of middle school and high school. When we got to middle school, it was like our little social worlds totally opened up. Our class literally tripled in size. So you would have all these kids that you were in school with your entire life up until middle school. And all of a sudden there's 
all these other kids that you can now hang out with. This meant so many more people to be friends with. And for us feral little 12-year-old hormonal girls, it also meant so many more boys to have crushes on. And let me tell you, everyone who went to my elementary school instantly became obsessed with all the boys from the other towns and vice versa. It was like not cool to have a crush on the kid from your own town anymore. You had to like the boys from like the other towns (laughs) that were in your class. I don't know. But we also interacted with kids in other grades a lot more. Middle school is the first time that I remember really even acknowledging kids from other grades, I guess, because we had lockers, we would go from classroom to classroom, we were in the hallways seeing more kids instead of in elementary school, you were just in your classroom with those kids all day, I don't know. But the first day of middle school was really exciting because it not only meant reuniting with all of your old friends, all of those friends from elementary school that you didn't see over the summer, but the opportunity to meet so many other kids, two new towns full of kids and another grade worth of kids. Then, of course, by the time we got to high school, the novelty of the kids from other towns had worn off. But it was still really exciting, but it was also scary. High school was scary. I have never been more nervous in my life than I was walking into school on my first day of ninth grade, on my first day of high school. I've talked about this before, but the girls who were seniors when I was a freshman were so mean to me. They were vicious. I They were scary. I'm still a <laughs> of them and I just remember walking down the hallways on the first day of high school we had to walk through the entire high school to get to freshman hallway where the freshman lockers were and a bunch of the senior guys had set up lawn chairs down senior hallway they were literally sitting in front of their lockers in lawn chairs I'm pretty sure they had a boom box too because this was you know 2001 they were probably listening to like I don't know grinding by clips And I just remember walking down this hallway, seeing these guys sitting in the lawn chairs, hearing the music and just thinking like, please, God, don't let anybody talk to me. Just let me make it to my locker without incident. (laughs) And I really don't remember if anything happened at all. But at the time, it really seemed like life or death. It was a life or death situation. And even now, when I look back on elementary school, middle school, high school, each school year is so distinct in my mind. When I see a photo, it's so easy for me to place it within a school year, but it takes me a second to place the calendar year. It's just based on what we're wearing, whose house we're at, you know, what my hair looks like. I can say that's seventh grade, that's 10th grade, whatever. Each school year was its own little world, its own little chunk of time. Each school year was a new beginning. It had its own personality its own milestones, like sophomore year, we turned 16 and we got our driver's license. Junior year, we had prom. Senior year, we turned 18. We graduated, obviously. And, you know, adulthood is not like that. It's just kind of the same all the time, unless you change jobs or you move or you get married or you have a baby or something really significant happens in your life. Every year is kind of just the same. And it goes by really fast. And you just find yourself having conversations with your other adult friends saying, wow, can't believe it's September again. It's going to be the holidays before we know it. And then you just repeat that forever until you die. (laughs) So on that uplifting note, I'm going to end this episode with a countdown of my top five coolest things that you could have had at my school on the first day of school in the late 90s. Number five, of course, is Lisa Frank 
everything. Like I mentioned, this was the elite folder and notebook combination, but Lisa Frank did not stop with folders and notebooks. She had all sorts of school supplies. The Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers are works of art. Again, we couldn't have Trapper Keepers, but if you had anything Lisa Frank, you were already winning without even having to do anything in my school in the 90s. Number four, metallic jelly roll gel pens. I actually still buy these and use them. They are the best pens. And it's so funny because when I look back at my middle school planner, the notes that I still have from elementary school and middle school, my journals that I also still have from elementary school and middle school, everything is written in these specific gel pens. I don't know where we bought them. I guess they were just sold in regular stores like Target, but I always used these pens. We weren't allowed to use them for class, but everything else had to be written in these pens. And when you would write, if you were a lefty for sure, but if you were dragging your hand across that ink at all, it was gonna smear everywhere. They weren't exactly practical, but they were very pretty. Number three, a fluffy feathered magnetic mirror to hang inside your locker. Bonus points if it had some sort of phrase on it, like hottie or angel or groovy chick. We were very into weird little taglines like that. Mine was blue. I don't know if it said anything, but I would be willing to put money on that it probably said angel, just considering that it was blue. And it had literally feathers around the outside of it. I am 99% sure that it came from Claire's. <laughs> And it hung proudly inside my locker in seventh grade. But the thing was that the magnet wasn't really strong enough to hold up the weight of the mirror. So every time I would close my locker, I would hear the mirror would fall onto the floor of my locker. I would just have to pray that it didn't break. And then when I opened up my locker, I'd put it back up and just repeat that cycle. I guess the entire school year, honestly. Number two, white platform sneakers bonus if they were the brand soda which i don't really know where we purchased probably deb i feel like i got a lot of my shoes from deb maybe even pay less but soda was the brand to have these sneakers are so funny to me because i feel like they're trending again and i actually still love them but in our day, the plainer the better, okay? We didn't do like the Puma ones. They weren't a name brand. They had nothing to them. They were a white canvas on the top with a chunky white platform sole, and we wore them with everything, everything. These sneakers went with every single outfit. If we weren't wearing those sneakers, we were wearing the Doc Martin knockoff kind of chunky brown sandals with socks maybe an adidas slide sandal also with socks especially tube socks but the white chunky sneakers went with everything those were our kind of go-to everyday shoe and it started with the spice girls because we called them our baby spice shoes that was the closest we were ever going to get to a big chunky platform when we were like what 10 years old but we thought we looked really really cool and number one the coolest thing that you could have when you came back to school in the 90s the ultimate status symbol of a middle school girl in like 1999 mud or lei jeans the way that i thought mud was couture <laughs> in the 90s you guys i would drag my mom to kohl's and just drool all over all the different mud styles my favorite pair was probably in i want to say 1998 it was an earlier pair huge 
flare bell bottom mud jeans, probably a nice mid rise. We weren't in low rise yet. And down the side of the leg, so 90s, was a red stripe, kind of a thin stripe. And it just said mud over and over in the mud brand font with the little handprint over and over. My best friend had them as well. We would wear them to school, probably with like a Tommy Hilfiger t-shirt, thinking we were literally walking the catwalk, okay? We felt so cool in those. And then when they started putting the little handprint on the butt, oh, so scandalous. We really thought that we were, were doing something really, really scandalous with that, with that little handprint on the butt. And I can only imagine all of the bad jokes that all the little middle school boys made about that. But that was fashion for us. Our fashion was mud and LEI. And honestly, I still have a pair of my LEI shorts from 2001, and they are probably the best fitting shorts that I own. Now, this conversation is just making me wanna go back to school shopping myself. We should be able to back to school shop as adults. Maybe I will treat myself to some new gel pens and try to thrift a pair of mud jeans. <laughs> if I find some, I will definitely report back. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. This was a really fun one. Definitely got me into the back to school spirit and a perfect one to get us back into the swing of the podcast. So thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would share it with somebody else who might also enjoy it. I always love when you guys share with friends and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode now that we're back into it. I'll be back next time. Until then, bye.